Homage to the Blessed One, Noble One, the Rightly Self-Awakened One. Homage to the Blessed One, Noble One, the Rightly Self-Awakened One. Homage to the Blessed One, Noble One, the Rightly Self-Awakened One. Welcome to all the monks and novices and blessings to all the laity. We come to practice Dhamma to cultivate our minds to be brighter because a well-trained mind will naturally bring one happiness. When we train our minds to have metta, loving-kindness and karuna, compassion, the mind is able to contemplate and then it believes in the law of gamma, the intentional actions of body, speech and mind. When we practice like this, our minds will be refreshed and energized, and a mind that has metta and karuna is very important. Whether one receives physical harm, harm through speech or mental harm, and whether to one's knowledge or from behind one's back, we will still always do things with a mind of metta and karuna. This is one of the qualities for us to have people love us. At work, people will love us because our hearts are imbued with metta and karuna. We will have subordinates and have a good following. So the mind is a very important spiritual energy. When we come to give alms and make merit, we should make our minds be happy and bright. Because if this mind has greed, has anger, has delusion, then this is a fire that will burn up the mind. And this will have an effect on our body as well. Each time anger arises, our body will have problems arise. There is a fire that scorches our cells. Building goodness is to restore the state of the dull, dry mind to be fresh and brighter. This is like the rain that has fallen in the rainy season. It makes the trees be green and lush. But if the rain does not come down, like in the dry season, then there is wilting and dryness. It's not worth seeing at all. And there will be a water shortage too. But if there is enough rain, the ground will be moistened and water will be stored up to be available all year round. And if our minds have peace, then it will have the power to develop it into wisdom to learn and to fight against the obstacles that come to the mind. When our minds have a solid refuge in the Buddha, Dhamma and Sangha, then our minds will have a lot of strength. But normally, this mind is very weak and fragile, or the mind is like a newly born child. It can't crawl. It can't crawl forward or back. It cannot yet look after itself. When our mind contacts all the sense objects that enter the mind, the forms, sounds, smells, tastes, the bodily contact, and the thoughts and mental impressions in the mind, then the mind is swayed. It sways according to the sounds of praise and blame. It sways with all the moods and emotions. When this is the case, then our mind is like an orphan. The mind has no refuge. This is the mind that does not have the Buddha, Dhamma, Sangha. And if it gets worse than this, when the heart is lacking metta and karuna, then one's thinking, actions, speech may be wrong. 
there are disruptions to oneself and disruptions to society arising. Therefore, training the mind to have metta and karuna and to forgive people with whom we have anger and ill will towards is very difficult to practice. During one of the Buddha's past lives, when he was born as a Chattan elephant king, he practiced compassion to the utmost. Dewadatta, who was a hunter, disguised himself and hid in the dwelling of the elephant king and then shot the Bodhisattva elephant king with a poisoned arrow. If the elephant king wanted to harm the hunter Dewadatta, then he could do so without difficulty. But the elephant king had metta and karuna, and he was also building parami, spiritual perfections. He saw that this hunter was disguised as a monk and dressed wearing the robes, and this was what the elephant king highly respected. So he did not hurt the hunter Dewadatta, who had a cruel mind, who wanted to kill him to bring his tusks to give to a princess of a certain city. The Buddha used his trunk to help the hunter Dewadatta to saw off his own tusks. But he said to Dewadatta that to disguise yourself like this, that you are no samana monk, and doing this is not appropriate. And then he fell down, saddened, and died. Here the Buddha had metta and karuna, and had no hate and no vengeance. His mind had been developed to the highest. There was forgiveness. And when anger arises, each person has ill will and animosity, and they think and proliferate in this way, whether a lot or a little. But when we have mindfulness, we can restrain these thoughts and proliferations. Though there is anger, but it's the vengeance that keeps continuing. It's a karmic bond and karmic debt that goes beyond states of existences and births. It never ends. Therefore, this training of the mind is important. Sitting meditation, and when there is joy and contentment, then one will let go of vengeance. One will be able to suppress the vengeance. But when there is no samadhi, meditative concentration, then, when we receive moods and emotions that we dislike, then we become angry, we want revenge, and we cannot spread any metta. When we see people we do not like, we can't give them any metta, and our minds are hot. It is like this, but it's not beyond our effort and ability to overcome this. We must try to do it and practice with it seriously. This anger and vengeance can be reduced through Dhamma practice, and ultimately we will be able to remove the root of vengeance. And there are many reasons that make us angry or vengeful, and these come down to our sense of me and mine. When we have me and mine, then they are criticizing me, they are malicious towards me, they are not good towards me, they speak badly to me. Whatever it is, it's all taken as a self. When we see that there is this me and mine, we see there is this clinging to it, and that tanha, craving, is the cause of clinging, and then clinging causes craving. They are causes that affect each other. It is like this. And when we listen to this, it seems easy. But if it happened to us, such as, 
In the past, it was our partner, and we had separated already. But one day, they come to give us extreme suffering, to the point we are almost unable to survive. Then, would we be able to maintain our minds? Would we be able to maintain our hearts? And circumstances like this are not easy to deal with at all. The one who has been abused and harmed, they will have anger arise. And there must be a feeling of wanting revenge. But what is it that can change their mind? Let's learn about one woman who was abused by her former partner. How did she change her mind? Let us watch together. Everyone who has seen this video can see that learning the Dhamma can change your mind. From being full of anger, it can subside. The vengeance that was full 100% can gradually fade away. We think that it is a karmic debt that has been made in the past, and we wish not to see the other again so that we will not create Gamma like this again. Because we are the owners of our Gamma, we receive the results of our Gamma, are followed by our Gamma, we abide supported by our Gamma. Whatever Gamma we do, for good or for ill, of that, we will receive the results. This is a chant. If it happens to us, then we have to contemplate it a great deal. We have to make our minds be able to give it up. At the minimum, we can make our anger and vengeance reduce. Like the venerable arahants who were going to spread the Buddha Sasana, and venerable Sariputta asked them, if you go to that city and no one knows you, and if they scold you, what will you do? The venerable arahant monk answered that, If they cursed us, then that's better than them hitting us. And what if they hit you, what will you do? If they hit us, then it's better than them taking our life. And what if they do take your life? If they take our life, then that's the nature of the khandas, the aggregates. They have arising persisting, then ceasing. They contemplated that this was a matter of the five khandas, that is, they had let go of attachment and clinging to it already. Then Venerable Sariputta, the right-hand chief disciple of the Buddha, said, Okay, you can go spread Dhamma to your hometown. This is someone with the highest Dhamma. But we that still have anger and vengeance need to train and cultivate, following the Lord Buddha and his teachings, following the noble disciples of the Buddha. One day, our anger and our vengeance will diminish. We will be able to believe in the law of Gamma deeply. And this is the Dhamma that looks after those who practice the Dhamma. It does not let one fall to a place of discomfort, to fall to an evil path to fall to a place of difficulties. May you grow in blessings.